Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much. Um, so grateful for you, and um, good morning. Uh, it's great to be in worship with you today. We are continuing our series, um, You Asked For It, and for those of you who are just joining us, whether in the building or online, uh, we, um, we uh, kind of polled our congregation uh, to say what are some of the things that you would like to hear, uh, some of the things that, um, what the Bible has to say about certain things, and, uh, and because we want to we know, and we want to know how do we live like God wants us to live in, uh, in the midst of all of that. So we've done stuff like uh, race and racism. We did uh, technology, two weeks of technology. We've done um, forgiveness. We've done relationships. We've done um, uh, God's will. We've done angels and demons. Last week we talked about death and dying, what the Bible says about death and dying. And our students led us well in worship last week, and so it's just an amazing time. And if you want to go back and hear any of those messages, you can. Um, and uh, so please, um, please do that if you, uh, if you have opportunity to do it. And today we're, gonna, we're, we're talking about um, something that is, uh, again, you asked for it, and it's a very sensitive topic, and yet it's a topic that we have to talk about. Um, and and hopefully bring uh, be, start start the beginning of of healing and that is um, wh- what do you do when you've been hurt by the church what 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 do you do and what happens when you've been hurt by the church when someone associated with the church whether it's a leader or whether it is a member. Um, what, are, what do you do and how do you respond when you've been hurt by those individuals? And again, if you're here today and you've been hurt by the church, this is not meant to trigger you at all. This is not meant as a trigger. It is meant to maybe begin the healing process to be able to say it happened, it hurt, and now I want to find a way to uh, to move forward as um, as I am dealing with this, there there are individuals. I met a man um, at a at a service on um, Thursday, and um, they introduced me as this is you know um, Pastor Marvin, and said, well, and he said, um, I have a relationship with God, relationship with Jesus, but I just don't like the church. And I heard in his voice, saw in his eyes. Um, that, that there had to be, he didn't tell me, but there had to be an event, um, an action, a decision that somehow hurt him where he was able to say that. He was able to mouth those words. It would be almost like you saying, Marvin, I love you, but I hate your wife. Um, and that's kind of the way it is that, that when we say things like that, But I recognize the pain and the hurt, and I would dare say that there are individuals in this room and those who are watching online and those who will actually listen to this as the replay, you've been hurt by someone associated with the church in some form or fashion, and you carry a lot of pain and a lot of wounds with you. 
There are individuals, um, you know, there are wives as well as husbands, I would imagine, who, um, who were condemned by the church and condemned by leaders in the church because they were involved in, in a consistently abusive relationship, um, and they say, I, it's enough, I've had it, and I'm leaving this relationship. After all attempts at reconciliation, and the church, pastors and leaders, say that, that God is going to condemn you if you do that. Hurt by the church. Church members who are consistently biblical in their, um, in their lives and presentation, but called false teachers and false prophets, hurt by the church. There, there are individuals um, who are listening to me or who will listen to this again, and um, there are leaders who have publicly shamed them for addictions or for their own struggles hurt by the church. There are members who have talked to other members and, and referred to them as uh, a racial slur, used, using a, rela- a racial slur to describe another member, and that wounded and hurt them. Church leaders who forced and groomed young people, children, and teenagers to have sexual encounters with them, talking about real issues where individuals have been hurt by the church. Maybe, maybe someone has not kept their word to another person and consistently, consistently gone back uh, from their word and individuals are hurt. A church member who says that I am sick and I have cancer or another debilitating disease or a church leader says, you don't have enough faith. And because you don't have enough faith, that's the reason you're not healed. Somehow individuals leave feeling hurt by church, church leaders. A youth and pastor admits a struggle with um, drugs or alcohol, and instead of the leaders of that church gathering around him to invest in his or her own healing, uh, they leave him or her out there to fend for themselves. And again, judging and condemnation, we're, we're talking about people who've experienced hurt in the church. And I would imagine, I would imagine in a room this size, with the various experiences in this room, you, you've been hurt. And maybe even in this church you've been hurt. Maybe another church you've been hurt. A church you grew up in, somebody hurt you, said something, a decision was made, and it impacted you. Now, this is, this is a very, very sensitive topic, very sensitive very sensitive, and there are individuals who carry those wounds. You, you're carrying them now. Individuals have stopped attending church altogether because of church wounds and church hurts. There, there are individuals who have trouble in their belief that God is a good God, that God is faithful, that God is trustworthy. God, where were you, and how you, you should have protected me in this case, and 
And so there's this sense where, where, where individuals are struggling in their faith. Now, listen, again, some of this is unintentional. Doesn't, doesn't make it hurt any less, but it is unintentional. Some, is, some of the hurt and pain is unintentional. I don't think anybody, I don't think a pastor wakes up, I don't think a church member wakes up saying, let me see how I can psychologically, mentally, spiritually, and physically hurt another person. And so, and yet there are some who are, who are nefarious and who wake up with that in mind. But I think for the most part, I think a lot of it is unintentional. And church hurt is a weapon that I believe that Satan uses to, to undermine a person's faith and to divide a church and to discourage individuals and to destroy individuals and to destroy whole churches. Now, again, I want to remind us that the church is not a building. The church is made up of people who have made a decision to follow Jesus like you and me. You and I are the body of Jesus. It's not a building. Guess what? If this building burned today, guess what? The church would still exist because we would gather in your home and my home. We would gather someplace because the church is not a building. The church is the people of God, the body of God of Jesus. The church is a gift to the world and a gift to this age. So Jesus being the head of the church and the Spirit empowering the church is, is our, our, our realities. And yet the head of the church, Jesus, has left the responsibility of the church in the hands of people like you and me, broken people and hurt people who actually hurt other people. So therefore, the decisions that we make sometimes, the decisions that when I say we, I'm talking about the leaders in the church, the people of the church, not necessarily Trinity Church, but it could include Trinity Church, the decisions that we make and the actions that we, sometimes it actually hurts people and cause pain. And so terrible things do happen in the church. I just want to call that out. The church is in process, and the Spirit of God is still sanctifying the church. And again, this is not a cover for any kind of abuse. This is not a cover for any kind of uh, pain and hurt that's caused. I'm just simply saying that the church is made up of broken people, hurt people, who hurt people. The interesting thing is that you and I bring our family of origin, our family background into the body of Jesus, and that's the reason we have to unlearn some things we've learned with our family of origin because if we brought all of that into the body of Jesus, the family of God, that, that the experience, the hurt and pain we experience from mom and dad and uncles and aunts, we're now bringing that into the body of Jesus. So it behooves us to say, Spirit of God, change us so that we can be the people that you want us to be. And so the, um, sometimes things that are taught in the church are that lead to pain and hurt like stuff like something must be wrong with your faith if you are 
poor, if you are not healed and you don't have enough faith, then that, that is just very, that's from the very pit of hell. And yet so much pain has been caused by those things, uh, um, verses and teachings like that. So you might be experiencing church hurt if you feel nauseous walking up to a church building because of what happened, whether it is in that particular building or another building, you just make the association that there is pain there. You might feel a sense of anxiety, reactivity in your own heart and in your own body when you, are, when you attend a church service. You avoid getting involved in any kind of service because that's where that thing happened. You were serving and someone hurt and abused. So there might be lingering shame and anger and sadness when you think about the church. I just had someone after the first service, they just said, like, 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 I know someone who just simply gets nauseous when they approach a church because abuse happened in that place. So when we talk about church hurt, we have to talk about what church hurt is not before we actually talk a little bit about what it is. Church hurt is not uh, when a fellow believer corrects you about the way you're living. So, so if our lives are to be, a, uh, to be aligned with the word of God, and if you humbly come to me and say, hey, Marvin, hey, the way you're living is not right. Privately, come to me privately, not to blast me, but to say, hey, the way you're living is not right. That's not church hurt. That is a brother or sister being a brother or sister helping you to live for Jesus. Church hurt is not when church members and leaders disagree on minor issues and have uh, minor disagreements or, or differences of opinion. That's not church hurt. Church hurt is not um, when, um, when the church changes something that you don't like, like whether it's a song or whether it's a time of a worship service or something along those lines. And it's like, well, I'm experiencing church hurt right now because you didn't do what I told you to do. That's not church hurt. So then what is church hurt? Church hurt very simply is this. It is when someone associated with the church or with a church causes physical, emotional, and I would dare say psychological and mental and spiritual pain through their decisions and actions. Let me say it again. Church hurt is when someone associated with a church, whether it's a deacon or an elder or a church member, um, causes physical, emotional, psychological, mental, and physical pain through their decisions and actions. And again, it could be a number, uh, a number of ways that that can happen. It's aggravated even more when, when forgiveness is needed and forgiveness is not extended. It is aggravated even more when church leaders, the offending party or the church member or another believer, uh, the grievance or the pain is spoken and the person acts like they don't hear it. 
again, church hurt can have a profound impact on people who experience it. Their well-being is at risk. Their belief in God is even at risk. Because the church is associated with God and God is associated with the church, when a church, when a church hurt happens, when pain happens, a people immediately say, that was God. And sometimes we cannot and we should not confuse a church wound with a God wound. God is still loving and God is still kind and God is still merciful and God is still trustworthy and 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 individuals have decided that I don't want to have anything to do with the church at all. They distance themselves from the church. They distance themselves from other believers, and it's because someone has caused pain and hurt. Again, please hear me, hear me, hear me. This is not to trigger anything in anybody, but it is to start the healing process. What are some causes church hurt? And I'm going to give them to you. I'll just give you the addresses to the, some of the addresses, that is, verses, where you can, go, you can look them up a little bit later. Gossip and slander are causes of church hurt and wounds. It can affect and it can cause harm in relationships. Proverbs 16 and 28 and Ephesians 4 and 29 says, let no corrupt words come out of our mouths. And yet, and yet followers of Jesus, when the Spirit of God is not in control of our lives, we say things and our words are like raid. Our words are like poison. And on the receiving end, someone is hurt and wounded by our words. Our words are like knives that cut and stab. Now, sometimes we may not even know the power of our words, and yet that's the reason every day we wake up, we ought to say, Holy Spirit, control what I say. Control my thinking. Control my heart, because I know that something might happen today where I might say something or do something that causes pain. Hypocrisy is another cause of church hurt when church leaders and church members profess one thing but live differently. Jesus in Matthew 23 and verse 3, he actually chides the Pharisees and the scribes for placing heavy burdens on the people who were trying to get to God and yet they did not live what they were saying. Judgmental attitudes, being critical of individuals, and uh, can actually alienate people who are followers of Jesus, where we judge one another. And judgment is simply this, a judgmental attitude is simply this, when I don't have the full story, when I don't have all the facts, and I make an evaluation about your life without all of the facts. And that hurts. Lack of love and compassion, we are to be, uh, 1 Corinthians, we're to love, 1 Corinthians 13, we're to love one another as Christ loved us. And sometimes we lack love and it hurts, it's painful. Abuse of authority, they're individuals who simply don't know how to handle authority. And as a result, it's misused and people are mistreated and hurt in the process. Favoritism and exclusivity, that's another 
James chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. They're poor. There's a, James kind of tells us there's a poor person that tries to come in and be a part of the church and to be a part of the family of God. And the rich people and the well-to-do people say, hey, listen, don't come up front. That seat is taken. Hey, why don't you go sit in the back? And I think sometimes we have a tendency in um, showing partiality, we end up hurting people. I think probably one of the biggest ones that causes church hurt is lack of accountability. Where leaders and members kind of run willy-nilly, I have the power, I have the authority, I don't have to report to anybody, I don't have to be accountable to anybody, I can do what I want to do and nobody will hold me accountable. And we see this in, whether it's in the Southern Baptist uh, Church right now or whether it's in the Catholic Church, again, it's not, these, this is public knowledge, this is happening, it's prevalent and yet, um, there was kind of this rampant lack of accountability. And when there is, people get hurt. So the real question is, what, the real question is, what, uh, what do we do when the church hurts us? What do we do when we've been hurt by the church? What do we do? How do, how do, we, how do we process this? Well, here's the first thing. Here's the first thing. Separate church hurt from the character of God. Separate church hurt from the character of God. And so what I want to do right now, I want to kind of give you some characteristics, some attributes of God, because God is, God is not the author of hurt. He is not the author of pain. He is not the author of, of breaking a person. He is not the author of merciless, tireless bullying, and he is not the author of that. He is just the opposite, and, and, and if we never, ever separate, we'll conflate the two, and every time we see a church leader, a church member, we'll see God in that person. Or we'll say, I don't want to have anything to do with God because of them. So separate church hurt from the character of God. So, so, um, so let me give you a, a couple of passages, and they're, uh, they're going to be on the screen. Micah chapter 6, verse, uh, verse 8. Micah chapter 6, Verse 8, and this is a passage that uh, we are, uh, some of you are very familiar with, and this is what God loves. God loves. This is what Micah says, the prophet. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what uh, does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. So we see here that the, some of the attributes of God, that God is a just God. That God is a merciful and kind God, and that God is a humble God. And we see the humility of God showing up in Jesus uh, in John chapter 13 when he washes the disciples' feet. And so right away we see the characteristics of God, that, that God is not an unjust God, that he is not uh, an unkind God, and he is not a proud God. And so typically... When church hurt happens, it is unjust, unkind actions and decisions and filled with pride. 
So, so we see the attributes of God. But then there are some other attributes of God that I think that we want to take a look at it. That is uh, that God is for the poor. He is for the grief-stricken. He is for the humble. He is for the broken. He is not for hurting people. He is actually for those who have experienced. This is Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, and this is one of the, this is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus preaches a message about what the kingdom of, uh, what the, what kingdom citizens look like. This is what he says. And he opened his mouth and taught them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are uh, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So we see the attributes of God, that God is for those who have been broken. He doesn't want it to happen to you. And yet, broken people sometimes break people. But again, we have to separate. No, God is loving. God is merciful. God is kind. Uh, James chapter four, verse uh, James chapter four, verse six. Uh, James reminds us of another attribute of God, and this is what it, this is. Uh, James chapter four, verse six. This is what he says. But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So at the base of every, I believe, at every church hurt is pride. And pride is that I am so unaccountable, I am so full of myself, that I get to hurt other people and not experience any consequences. It's all about me. It's all about my needs. It's all about fill, uh, filling, fulfilling my desires. That's what is at the heart of every church hurt. It's all about me, and I can step on individuals without ever experiencing any kind of consequence. Yet God says, I resist the proud, but I give grace to the humble, those who've been wounded and those who've been hurt. First John chapter one, First uh, John chapter four, verse seven, and um, you know I'm giving you a lot of passages, but again I want to remind you of the attributes of God. It says, "Behold, beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. So God is love, and 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 He would not want." an unloving thing to happen to you. So let's not conflate the two. Separate church hurt from the attributes of God. So so when we do that, I think we're able to see um, it a little differently, and then we 
we're able to stay connected to God. We're able to stay connected to the one who loves us. We're able to stay connected to the one who sent his son to die for us. So that's the first. The second is this. Bring it to the the church's attention or whoever has hurt you, whoever is offended, bring it to that person's attention. Bring it to the attention. Forgiveness cannot be given or uh, an apology cannot be given for something that the person doesn't know that hurt them. And so we have, a, we have a responsibility in Matthew chapter 18, Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 and 16, we have a responsibility uh, to our brothers and sisters when we are hurt. So Matthew 18 and verses 15 and 16, it says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault, brother or sister, between you and him alone. Again, don't bring everybody. You ain't got to bring everybody to this party, just, just you and that person. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if, you, but if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. So there's a sense where you and I, we have an opportunity to bring it to the people that hurt us. And again, sometimes inadvertently we say things and do things that, that hurt people, and we have to own up to that. And that, that, um, that, that happened. This is, um, this is, a, this is a, a real example. Um, this happened um, a while ago. Someone sent me an email about uh, something that I said in a message. And again, preachers say a lot in a message, right? We say a lot, and, and sometimes inadvertently there are things that are said or the, the, the intention was not there, and yet there was a wound and, a, and, a, and an offense. So this person said, I listened to your message, and then she names the message. I was very upset to hear you make comments about my homeland. This is not the first time you um, made unkind remarks about my country. And I kind of wrecked my brain to go back to, to say, man, when, when have I done that? But again, I'm, I'm, I don't want to judge that. Just this is what she said. I have been a part of your congregation for six years. And every time you said hurtful things about my homeland, it was like being stabbed with the knife. Every time it hurt tremendously. These comments you have been making over years are one of the reasons I have never felt like I belong to Trinity Church. And that pained me when I, when I heard her say that. Please don't say uh, things like that about my motherland anymore. Please don't contribute to the brainwashing of people in your congregation to dislike my country. Please don't add divisiveness in your congregation. Please don't Add to the divisiveness in the world. She just went in on me, right? You can come up with better illustrations, and we try to do that in this, from this pulpit. Better stories to make your points come across better, um, uh, better illustrations that don't put down specific categories of people, specific ethnicities, specific countries. You can do better than that. And she signs her name, which I absolutely love. If you send me an email, please sign your name. 
because it says that I, the, the relationship is open and I want, to, I want to reconcile. I want to bring this up because I want the body of Jesus to be healthy and I'm glad she signed her name. And so I guess you're wondering how I responded. I said, good morning, and I trust all is well with you on this beautiful day. I received your email, and I appreciate your candor. Also, I apologize that I offended you. Not if I offended, but that I offended you with my illustration. It was not my intention. I was simply expressing my experience at the airport. I recognize and realize how this hurts you. I wish you had said something before this time. I am open to feedback, but, I, but, I am, but I'm glad that you said something now. I own my misstep, and I apologize for not being more sensitive. Would you please forgive me? Question mark. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. It is a gift to me if you desire to talk in person or face-to-face, please don't hesitate to reach out. I will make time for you. May the Lord bless you and give you his peace. Then she responded. She said, I have received both your emails. I appreciate your prompt response. I honestly appreciate. And again, this is not a, this is, this is not to toot a horn or anything. I'm just simply reading what she said. I appreciate your humility and receptivity to feedback. Your letters impressed me. I accept your apology. It is brave and courageous to consider a public apology, which I did publicly apologize after I received her note. I am surprised and humbled by such a courageous intent, the intent of your heart. I only ask that I am not super exposed as a result of such an apology. If it is all possible um, and you kindly agree, which I love. She is very, very kind and compassionate, even as she, uh, as she mentions. Would you consider speaking in general terms without putting a spotlight on me or my ethnicity? Thank you for your consideration. I am thrilled to hear that you desire to get to know me and my family better through face-to-face communication. I have always felt invisible in the church. And then she goes on to say the timing is not right right now. They, are, um, they, they have uh, some things that they are taking care of as a family. But this is, I hold on to this as this is the way it should be done. When there is any kind of hurt, this is the way it should be done. Now, you know, to, 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 to tell other people about what, you know, what they did to me and gossiping and slandering or, or, or saying that you're going to quietly quit the church. You know, people are quietly quitting work. To quietly quit church and you just don't show up anymore. And like, man, we are the body of Jesus. And, and if we cannot do this together, and if we can't walk in harmony together and say, you hurt me, you wounded me, man, this is, this is what the body ought to look like. So bring it to the church's attention. Then a third thing, forgive those who have hurt you. Forgive those who have hurt you. I'm not saying that um, that, that, the, that somehow the pain will go away, that once you release the person from something that they owe you. But Jesus gives us an example, uh, Luke chapter 23, verse 34, and this is what Jesus says while he's being crucified. 
And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, again, I'm not telling you something you don't already know, and I'm not just saying hurry up, not saying that at all. Forgiveness is instantaneous. Reconciliation takes time. Forgiveness is instantaneous because because we have been forgiven, we have the capacity to forgive others. And if we don't forgive, partly it's because we don't want to, not because we don't have the power to. The moment Jesus forgave us, he created capacity for us to forgive others. So forgive, extend grace as God has extended you grace. And and if you were not here for Micah Winsler's message on forgiveness, incredible, incredible message, incredible message, I would encourage you to go back, listen to it, so that you and I are not carrying logs on our shoulders through the day. But that we might extend forgiveness to others. Here's another thing that we can do. Resist the temptation to slander and gossip. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, hey, listen, don't try to get back. and No gossip, no slander. You know what they did to me. And so, so typically this is, we, we tell other people about the hurt and pain. We extend it to besides just that small circle. And sometimes we do it because we want people to feel sorry and we want to get people on our side. Now, again, please hear me. Please hear me. When we check our motives to see why, ask the question, why am I telling a whole host of people? Again, that's where we get a chance to check our motives, resist the temptation to slander and gossip, but bring it to the attention of the wounded person uh, the person who offended. Bring it to the, the attention. If it's the church and church leaders, bring it to the attention of the church, um, of, of the larger church leader body because not every leader knows uh, what's happening. And then finally, refuse to judge all churches through the lens of your experience. Re- re- resist, uh, refuse to judge all churches through the lens of your experience with one church or maybe even with two churches. That there are good churches, God, that God is blessing. That God is blessing. And we get an opportunity to keep trying out those churches and say, until we find a place where we can actually grow in our faith. For those of you who are married, more than likely, I would imagine that you've been hurt as you were dating. Someone quit you, you quit them, they broke up, y'all broke up, and that sort of thing. What if you had stopped, and you found and you found someone who is loving and kind, that husband, that wife, and they are absolutely amazing. Tanya said the first time, the first service, I was amazing. I'm just letting you know that. I'm just, just kidding. Just kidding. She did not say that. So but what if I had, what if I had given up? I've been hurt by women before I get married. What if I had stopped based on the hurt? What if you had stopped based on the hurt you experienced? You would not have found your husband or your wife. 
I think it's the same way as with churches. That we might miss something that God has for us if we give up on the church. So Marvin, what if I've been hurt by the church and um, should I leave or should I not? Should I leave or should I stay? If you've been hurt by the church and you don't have leaders and other people there who are not willing to say, I am sorry, please forgive me, I hurt you, I wounded, that might be a place, it might be time for you to leave that place. But if you're a part of a church and the church has wounded or hurt inadvertently or said something or did something, and they, and they humbly come to you and say, oh man, please forgive me, I didn't know that I hurt you in that way, that is a place that you want to be. Because you have members and leaders and others who are humble enough to say, I am following Jesus, and because I'm following Jesus, I want to ask your forgiveness, and you and I can contribute to the healing and the, the healing of that place. We can be a part of it and not causing more pain. And so... We all experience church hurt in some way or another. God is, um, we have to separate the two. God is gracious. God is merciful. God is kind. God wants to heal your heart. He wants to heal my heart if you've experienced that. Share this with someone who might be experiencing that. I can't think of a better thing to do right now just so happened, it happened on the first Sunday where we get to get a chance to take communion together. Remembering the broken body of Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus that brings all of us from different walks of life with all kinds of pain, all kinds of hurt, sitting together in this place. It is his blood, his broken body that brings us together. And we get a chance to remember that now. He is the only one who can heal the hurt. He is the only one that can heal the pain. He is the only one that we look to to bring about healing. So what I want you to do, I, in, in this moment, in this moment, I want you to reflect, was there an experience in your life that, man, that, that you are close to God right now because of that pain and that hurt? This is a great opportunity to say, God, I acknowledge that it happened and it hurt and I've been holding on to stuff for a long time. And today is the day where I experience breakthrough and I am going to call that person. I am going to say that that hurt and I just need you to know. Or maybe you're in the room and you are, you cause the pain and the hurt. Maybe it's time for you to say, I acknowledge that I hurt someone. No longer sweeping it under the rug. To go to them to say, I am sorry. No justification, no rationalization, no, it was because of my background, it was because of this. No, no, none of that, just simply, I hurt you when I did. Name it. Would you please forgive me?
And I understand if you don't right now, I'm not asking for anything. I just simply want you to know that I acknowledge the pain that I've caused. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The God of heaven will be present to forgive you as well. So, I want you to just take a moment to reflect. Ben and the team will lead us in this time. And, um, and as you think about the body and blood of Jesus, and you prepare your heart uh, to receive the elements, it's just a great time to, to reaffirm the attributes of God. He is loving. He is kind. He is forgiving. His blood cleanses. His broken body brings us together. I'm a part of this amazing body. Not, I'm not talking about Trinity. Trinity is amazing. God is doing some stuff here. But I'm a part of this larger Big C church. And I want to contribute. I want to add to the value of this place. So this is a time of reflection as we prepare to take the elements together.
Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, and this cup that you have with the bread in it represents the broken body of Jesus, and in his brokenness, he brings us together. And so as we remember the broken body of Jesus, who took all of our pain and all of our hurt, let's eat together. And he took a cup, and we had, when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. This cup with the juice in it represents his shed blood for us. And as we remember his forgiveness of us, let's drink together. Let's stand together. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come up. For those of you elders and deacons and prayer team members, if you have something that you just like, man, I, this was me. It's an opportunity for you to share with our prayer team. To say, I've been hurt, yes, and today is a day for, for me to forgive and to release. Maybe you were the, the culprit, the offender. It's an opportunity for you to do the same thing. And obviously, if you have other needs and concerns, our prayer team, um, our elders, deacons, and their wives and prayer team members will be up here uh, to pray with you. So let me, uh, let me pray for us. So Father, thank you. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your grace in the midst of pain. God, I know this is, can be a sensitive topic, a heavy message, and yet part of the healing happens when we say it happened. It hurt. And today is a day to begin a healing. I pray that you would make us, this church, Trinity Church, a gift to this community. That, that the reputation of this place would not be one of hurt and pain and abuse, but it would be one of um, healing the broken, healing the wounded. And God, thank you for giving us that kind of spirit in this place. Thank you for giving us elders who walk alongside people. Thank you for giving us deacons who walk alongside. Thank you for giving us wives that walk alongside hurting people. Thank you for giving us um, uh, other leaders and members who walk alongside people. And so we pray for more of it. We ask for more and more so that we might represent you in a broken and dark age. We pray that you would touch, if there are people in this room and those who are online and those who will hear the replay of this, pray that you would minister deeply to them. I pray that um, you would let them know that they're not alone. That's okay to acknowledge the hurt and the pain that surfaced. 
We pray all of this in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said together, amen. Trinity Church, God bless you. We love you. Thank you for being a part of this place. You help make it what it is. And, um, and we can't tell you how much uh, enough that we love you. Have a great week. We'll see you back here next week.